Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue in a series we're doing called Neighboring Well. Neighboring Well. This series, uh, we're eight weeks in now, has been about hospitality, but really about kingdom hospitality. And uh, I, I said, you know, part of our mission is to help people feel comfortable and make them feel uh, special so that when the opportunity arises, we can share with them the gospel, the good news uh, about Jesus, the best deal in the universe. And um, that this idea of hospitality is, is uh, running throughout that whole concept. And um, we've, we've engaged in sort of a spiritual discussion on kingdom hospitality about taking a stand on behalf of our neighbors against the tricks and the traps of the evil one. And we've, we set up the dynamic by saying that, the, that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And um, by default, people are in the kingdom of darkness. Um, but, but they can be rescued from that darkness and move into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light in Christ. And so as people who have uh, already made that transition, we're to be those who declare His praises to help people move um, from darkness into light. And, and, uh, and so the enemy uh, and his kingdom were rendered virtually powerless at the cross, um, but they still exist and uh, use... Tricks, traps, deceptions, lies, schemes, that's what all that they do to try and keep people blinded to the truth and the light, stuck in darkness. And even with their limited um, abilities, they are very successful in what they do. And um, we're to be those who take a stand against that. And what we have to do that is the armor of God, that the armor of God helps us to stand against the schemes of the enemy, and not only for ourselves, but on behalf of our neighbors as well. And we also define neighbors as anybody that we encounter who needs the mercy of God. So we, we sort of have that dynamic then running through this series. And with that in mind, we've been looking at the various parts of the armor in Ephesians chapter 6, the armor that God gives us for this battle. And we've talked already about the belt of truth, the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness, having our feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. We talked about the shield of faith and the, sword of, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to finish up this part of the discussion on uh, kingdom hospitality by looking at verse 18. So we'll dig into that in just a moment. But I want to make this transition. What I usually do is tell a bad joke. I have two, and I'm not sure which ones I'm going to use. So uh, you can help me determine which of these are going to move forward into the weekend. If you found a $100 bill in your coat pocket, what would you have? Somebody else's coat. It's pretty bad, right? Okay. All right, all right. So there's this third grade teacher who happens to be an atheist. She's talking to her kids one day, and, and uh, she tells them out of the blue she's an atheist. And she sort of asks, hey, how many of you are atheists too? And the kids really don't even know what it means, and they want to please their teacher. So everybody in the class raised their hands, but one little girl, little Lucy, doesn't raise her hand. And so... The teacher looks at Lucy and said, well, how come you didn't raise your hand like everybody else? And she said, Lucy said, well, I'm not an atheist. And the teacher says, well, what are you? And she says, I'm a Christian. And she said, well, why are you a Christian? And she says, well, I've been brought up knowing about Jesus, and I love Jesus. And, and uh, you know, my mom's a Christian, and my dad's a, a Christian, so I'm a Christian. And the teacher said, well, that's really no reason to, to be a Christian. She says in front of the class, what if your mom was a moron and your dad was a moron? What would you be then? And Lucy thought about it for a moment and smiled. She said, well, then I'd probably be an atheist. <laughs> Better? 
I don't want to offend the atheist. I, I don't know. So I don't kind of, I don't know. It, is, it is church. <laughs> okay. I'll probably go with number two then. Is that the overall? Okay. So you like number one. Maybe we'll keep both of them in there. We'll see how it goes. Scripture reading here on purpose. Matthew 26, 36 through 41. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Hold on to that verse uh, in your mind, sort of think about that, and we're going to dig into the verse today that I wanted to talk about, which is verse 18 of Ephesians 6. And in verse 18 of Ephesians 6 is one of the most vital pieces of armor that we have, uh, and that we'll discuss so far. And yet, it's not a visible piece of armor. And a lot of people, when they teach through the armor of God, don't include this as part of the armor because it's, like a, it's kind of like a secret weapon, uh, if you would. But verse 18 is all about prayer. And I would say to you that prayer is our most powerful weapon, the most powerful weapon that we have. And that Paul um, uh, included this right where he did, uh, right there with the armor, so that we would understand, with all the other neat things that we have, truth and righteousness and readiness and, and uh, salvation and, um, you know, hope of, of all these things that we have, that the most valuable piece of armor available to us is prayer. Perhaps the most powerful thing, uh, you know, that, that exists in the universe is this amazing opportunity we have to pray. And Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Prayer is a vital part of our life in Christ, so I want to talk about it a little bit today. And, and uh, I think, you know, in our, in our scripture reading, the, the reason I, I went to that is something that, that Jesus understands. He's, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that... that um, we're designed in Christ that when we, when we come into Christ, we're filled with the Spirit that um, we are to be a prayerful people. When we are not, it's because our flesh is acting up. And it's in this area that we, you know, the enemy loves to get us so we don't pray. And our flesh gets um, sort of worked into that process. And when we're not praying, it's generally a flesh issue that needs to be dealt with and overcome. Um, because it's, a, it's such an amazing and powerful tool and resource, prayer. You can't, you can't, you know, they, they might at some point, you know, in history, they could, then they've done it in the past, take away church buildings and take away Bibles. They cannot stop you from praying. They can't. Can't be taken from you. It's a secret weapon. You can, you can strip everything else away, but you can't strip away prayer. And so we, we always have it in our access. And yet the enemy, as crafty as he is, it's one of the big ones. Um, he, the, our enemy likes to take us away from the word and out of prayer. If he can do that, he makes us ineffective. We might love Jesus, and, and I'm not saying that you don't, but it makes you basically ineffective in your walk. And, and we substitute all sorts of other things, good works and busyness and all that kinds of stuff, but 
it's it's always comes back to the sword of the spirit and this idea of prayer as being the foundations for us having an impact on the kingdom and living the life that we're called to. So let's talk about a little bit. That first point uh, in your notes is is uh, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Um, in Jude one twenty, another verse where it says the same thing. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? And what it means is that we're to pray with the help of the Spirit. It's praying in the power of the Spirit under the guidance of the Spirit. And then ultimately we're to be praying for the things that the Spirit leads us to pray for. And see, that's all this this, uh, part of of really living in Him and with Him and through Him and all those things that that we get to that spot where our, our prayers are being led and, and guided by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And that's the idea of praying in the Spirit. So, so which sounds really good, but how do we do that? Second point. Wow, I'm flying along. I'm already in point two. There's a lot of little sub-points in point two, so don't get excited. So, 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 because the question is, well, how do we do something by the power and the guidance of someone else? And, and yet this concept is a significant part of the life of a believer. We're to do a lot of things in the power of the Spirit and under the guidance of the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, so I say, Paul said, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Paul says again in Philippians 3.3, for it's we who are the circumcision, we who worship God, worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. There's more verses like that. These verses tell us that we're to live by the Spirit. We're to worship by the Spirit. And, and, and the verse that we're looking at today, we're to pray in the Spirit. So the idea is that we're to yield and to cooperate with the Spirit who dwells in us uh, in every area of our lives. That's what we're working towards as believers. The idea of learning to yield to Him and cooperate with Him in our lives. And particularly in prayer, in all the areas... The spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. Uh, when we're not engaged in prayer, um, it's, it's because our flesh is rising up against it. Because the spirit in us loves it when we pray. There's, it's all, the Holy Spirit's all in. Um, and when we're not, when we get distracted, when we don't make it a focus of our lives, it's because it's a, it's a significant struggle that we need to deal with um, because of the enemy just really does not want you to pray. And, and again, so many distractions in our world, so many things going on, so many like substitutes, but nothing takes the place of, of prayer um, with the Lord, led and guided by the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like, the idea of being led and, and, and you know, um, in the power of the Spirit, being guided by the Spirit, under the direction of the Spirit, and yet we're still involved in the mix because we're, you know, the Lord's telling us to do these things. And so I have this... Uh, this illustration, I think, that might help. And uh, this happened uh, like a month ago now. I've been, been hanging on to this illustration because I knew this message was coming. And um, when, I, when it happened, I was like, oh, that's, that's so cool. To me, it was just like the idea. I hope it, I hope it uh, translates for you well in experience. So a few weeks ago, I think it was a month ago now. Um, anyway, and either way, I had to rent a vehicle. Uh, and so I rented a vehicle, and when I rent a vehicle, I go online, and I usually look for the best deal for the right vehicle, and, you know, you hit the right prices and everything. And every once in a while, if you do that, you know, I want this vehicle, and you get there, and they don't have that vehicle, and they give you a better vehicle than what you asked for. 
Maybe you've experienced that. This was the case. I got a much better vehicle than I had decided, you know, thought that I would get for the same price as a reasonable vehicle. And this was a, this was a new uh, minivan town and country, and it was fully loaded. Nice seats and all this stuff. And I was just excited to have it. Very comfortable. This is perfect. You know, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, that's where you go, right? Oh, thank you. That's way up here. So, um, so we get in it and it's got all these things that I've, because I have a, I have a very nice vehicle, but it's a 2007, I think, my truck, you know, and it's, it's kind of stock. It's very comfortable, but it's not filled with all the fancy electronic stuff. And uh, we have a 2006 minivan that's a very stock as well. So, there's lots of new stuff that they have out now. So I'm in this car and I'm driving. And um, one of the first things that I notice is when you put it in reverse, there's a camera that pops up. And it shows you what's back there. And it's got red lines and yellow lines and green lines. And it actually makes noises. If you're about to back into something you shouldn't, it starts going beep, beep, beep. I thought, look at that. How, How amazing is that? Here's a camera that helping me look backwards. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, it, it had in it a whole sort of satellite system, you know, tell you where to go. That's very cool. I've experienced that. You know, I have my Garmin in my car, but that was very cool. But I had this other thing that I, I had never experienced before. In the, re, in the side mirrors, and maybe all of you already have this. I don't know, but it, first time for me. In the side mirrors of this vehicle, there were these little triangles in the, in the mirrors, and they would light up every now and again. And I'm like, huh. And then I had this thought. I think they're lighting up to tell me that something is in my blind spot. And sure enough, on the freeway, anytime something came into my blind spot, the little light went on. Boop. Fascinating. On either side, it worked. I was, I was, I was, maybe it's an old hat for you. For me, it was like, this is amazing stuff. Here comes a, there's a little warning that there's something in the blind spot that I can't see. And if that little light is on and you hit the blinker, it actually goes, beep, 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 beep. Like, don't even think about it. Beep, 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 something in your blind spot. It's like, this is fascinating. You think, what's he going to talk about now? Well, here's the whole deal. So, and so I had this while I was driving. To me, that's, that's and, and just take it for the allegory that it is. To me, that's like the Holy Spirit in my life. See, he's always there leading and guiding me. And he's popping up little warning lights all the time for me to look at. And I mean, big time beeps and bloops and, and this is, you know, this is the track and this is where you want to go. Don't go there. But here's the entire deal. Even with every warning and blinker and everything that was going on, I still had the gas pedal and the steering wheel under my control. And they could have beeped all they wanted. If I had wanted to, I could have just whipped over into whatever lane I wanted and done whatever I wanted to do. I still had the steering wheel. Right? What I had to do was go... I think I'm going to trust the little light and the beepy sound just because I can't see it don't mean it ain't there because it's telling me it's there. And guess what? As far as I know, on every time that it lit up, it was absolutely correct. It was always right. It would have been me that wasn't right. I couldn't see it. So, you know, I could have gone with my senses and my senses would have been wrong. This thing was dead on. And I thought, you know, that's just like the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, he's always doing that with me. He's always right there. He's telling me, look, this is the better path. This is where you need to be. You should do this. You really don't want to do that. And I get usually several sort of warnings, uh, you know, that I can either respond to or not. But see, I still have to choose to, to do it his way. I, I can choose not to. Just like in that car. I could have done it my way. Probably would have had an accident or got people really mad at me and horns going or whatever if I had just forced it in there or whatever. But see, that was the whole thing. It, it's still my choice to decide to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit's going to do. 
He's all in and he wants the very best for me and he's leading and guiding me into everything that, that, uh, that you know, God would take me. But I always have that choice and opportunity to go along with the program or not. And it's as we choose to go along his way that we begin to experience life, the kind of life that we all really want. So um, we choose uh, to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit or we choose not to. And, and whenever we choose not to, it's usually not a very good decision. But every once in a while, we start thinking we know better than God does. Maybe. Well, maybe you don't do that. I shouldn't speak for you. Every once in a while, I start thinking that I know a little bit better than God does. Every once in a while, that's what sin's all about. And, and yet I don't. And, and hopefully over time, you know, it's not my desire to go my way. I want to go His way. I want to listen. I want to be obedient. I don't want to... If I hear the warning lights, whoop, I'm going to stay on track. If I'm backing up and it's beeping, I'm not going to go, well, it doesn't know what it's talking about. If I, I, whatever he wants me to do, I want to do. So this idea to me of, of yielding to the Spirit, particularly in this area of prayer, is vitally important, as I said, because the, the Spirit is willing, this, the flesh is weak in this area. And I watch people, um, and I hate to put people on the spot, so I don't, but lots of people who love Jesus wholeheartedly, are just getting too busy to pray and they get it knocked out of them. And, and it's, it has a horrendous impact on, on the life that they can have. And, and it's, a, it's this, the flesh just rising up and going, oh no, you're too busy, you don't have time, you need to sleep, you, you know, whatever the excuses are, so we need, to, we need to think about that. So here's what our prayer needs to look like in the Spirit. A, and, I, and this kind of ties into where we were last week, our prayers need to be conformed to the Word. The most powerful prayers you will pray are conformed to the Word of God. They're shaped by the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So I talked about last week how important it is to spend time in, in the Word. It's because the more time you spend in, in the Word, as you go to pray... You, you'll be surprised at how often Scripture pops into your prayer, and when you're praying Scripture, it's extremely powerful in your life. When, you, when you're praying back Scripture to God, it's just, it's just amazingly powerful in the things that happen as the Spirit leads and guides you in the process. So our prayers need to be shaped by the Word. So we need to spend time in the Word. That's these two things. I told you last week, two of my favorite talks about spending time in the Word and about spending time in prayer. If I, and, you know, obviously bringing people into the kingdom. But, man, if we can get people into the kingdom of God and then get them reading the Word and in prayer, it's a win. We've, we've, that's it. We've fulfilled it. Everything else is, comes after. So we, we, need to, we need to do those things. Also, our prayers, and, and this is where that verse in Ephesians now about the armor comes in. One of the things Paul says our prayer should be is always. We need to have always prayers. First Thessalonians 5.17, he says, Pray continually. So, so our, we need to be praying always. And um, by that, I, I, I believe we need to have this constant awareness of Him in our lives. Now certainly, you know, every moment, I'm, I'm not able to do that. You know, like every moment's not obviously a prayer. But, but I think we need to stay in regular contact with the Lord. And, and certainly a disciplined prayer time is part of that um, in your day. Because I think if you can get yourself started in it, it will, it will be happening more throughout the day. Um, but, but Paul's admonition is to pray continually, or, or always pray for all the saints. Be, be aware that he's with us and that we are in communication with him at all times so that we can be listening. You know, you know prayer is this two-way thing. It's us obviously praying to God, but, but hearing back as well. I, I can't... I, I had experiences, you know, sometimes where 
and maybe you can relate to this, where I'll be trying to work through a situation and it will start to impact the way that I sleep at night because I'm thinking about it. You ever think about things at night? And, and so I'll get a few hours sleep and then all of a sudden this thing is on me and now I can't sleep because I'm thinking about this thing. But I realize I'm just thinking about this thing. And if I can turn the corner and quit thinking about it and start praying about it, fascinates me how often God will drop in to that discussion and just show me what I need to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah. And then everything changes. I can sleep again. It's, it's a fascinating thing. I wish I would get to it quicker because sometimes I'll go two or three nights trying to struggle over an issue. And I, it's it just, Lord, it just, you know, it's that spot, you know, it's that, but it's, it's this idea of continually, of always staying in some connection with God that's very important. Another thing about prayer that, that Paul teaches there in the armor, this is C, um, all kinds of prayer. There, there's all kinds of prayer that we need to be praying. All kinds of prayer. Ephesians 6.18, uh, again, says praying the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds. Prayers and requests. So, you know, there's, there's prayers of thanksgiving, there's, there's prayers of confession, there's prayers of adoration, there's prayers of praise, there's prayers of intercession. Um, I've taught you some of my prayers, you know. I, I've taught you about my, my uh, temptation prayer. It's very simple. Most of you should know this one. Write this down if you don't know it. Help! Extremely powerful prayer. People think I'm joking. I'm not. That's a prayer I get to all the time. My anxiety prayer. Oh God, oh God, oh God. He seems to respond to those prayers. At least it puts me in the right direction. I'm, oh God, oh God, oh God. And the attempt to help gets my, changes my focus. See, if we limit our prayers to just asking for things, we, we, we sort of miss the majesty of prayer. And I think, you know, maybe sometimes we even learn to pray that way, that our prayers, well, this is where you ask for things. And certainly, asking for things is a part of prayer, but it's not all a prayer. You know, some prayer is just thanking for things and, and, and thankful for Him and telling Him how much we love Him and, you know, just praise and, and praying for others and all sorts of prayer. Uh, so if you limit yourself, if, if prayer to you is just asking for things, you're missing it, but it's certainly okay to ask for things as well. So there's just all kinds of prayer. Your prayer, so it shouldn't ever feel dull. You know, there's, there's an excitement uh, in, in a prayer life. Our prayer should also be alert. That's D, alert. Alert. Matthew 26, 41. This is from our scripture. Watch and pray so that you will not fall in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We, we, we need to watch and pray. We need to be aware of what's going on around us. We need to watch. Um, we're taking a stand on, on behalf of our neighbors as well, so we need to be aware of, of the schemes of the enemy and what he's trying to do and, and watch them. And he's very effective in his lies and deceptions and tricks and distractions. He'll try and get you off track with little things. And, and sometimes we're not aware of it. We just get frustrated instead of going, you know, I think that's just an attack. And it's not that big a deal. Because it'll take you off of loving people well. It'll, it'll, it'll move you in a bad direction. So we need to be alert with what's going on, aware of what's going on around us, and, and then wise to the tricks and the tracks and the schemes, aware of the fact that that's part of the deal. Uh, we need to pray for one another. Little letter E. We should be always praying for one another. It should be something that resounds inside us. Ephesians 6.18, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints, for all the saints, for one another. We need it. You know, you know why we're to pray for each other? We need to be prayed for. I need people praying for me. I need to be praying for you. You, you need prayer. I need prayer. Um, it's part of the deal. Because this is a battle. 
Um, we, have a, we have a very real adversary who would like to silence us and make us ineffective and, and stop us from the mission that we know that God has given us. So we need to pray for each other, lift each other up, remember each other, um, uh, you know, in, in the, at the throne room of God. So there's always something or someone to pray for. And so we need to be praying that in our lives. And, and you know, I say this all the time, but Jesus is our model for life and ministry. And, and I would submit this to you, that I think that, that the most we're ever like Jesus when we walk here is when we're praying. That's the, that's the most like Jesus we will be. We can do all the stuff that he did, but the most like him will be is when we're praying. And I believe that with all my being. That's why it's such a, an important concept to get across and, and why we need to be so careful that you know, we, we live in a, in a culture where, where we sort of can get by. It's almost scary, but we, we think we can get by without prayer. Many parts of the world you go to, everything they do is preceded by prayer because it has to be. They don't have a refrigerator full of food. They've got to ask and trust. And they've got, they got everything. And, and we're blessed that we don't live in that surrounding. And at the same time, I think it hampers our prayers. We don't, if we don't pray, we sort of, eh, we get along about the day kind of press on and man, things seem to go you know but we're we're no longer effective in what really matters and we're missing out on the life that we can have so I just want to encourage you in these things this this is the most amazing thing that we have in the armor this idea of prayer the most powerful weapon in the universe certainly and and, uh, and, and to not sort of miss it don't don't kind of let it become something that's not full of life. Your prayer time should be full of life. Um, it's because it's spirit-driven, spirit-led, and the Holy Spirit's in it and, and wants you to experience life and wants to lead and guide. And He's got the warning lights going and the stay straight and focused and move ahead and don't watch out for this and watch out for that. And all we got to do is respond and yield, cooperate. And He continues on in us. So um, think about that this week. Think about the idea of, of praying in the Spirit. Think about all the armor of God this week. We're going to change the directions a little bit next week um, because I've discussed the armor pretty fully. Um, but i got some other stuff to talk about with hospitality. So we'll move into that when we get back together. But that's good for today. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for doing that. And uh, we'd love for you to visit. If you can't visit, um, go to the website if you need prayer. Or you can call us if you need prayer and we'll do what we can. All right, thanks for watching. God bless you.